DJ Benny James. Welcome to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about money. That's right, the shekels, the moolah. There's so many nicknames for money. It's not even funny. And we actually did this recording before with my very special guest that's right here, right now, Mr. Scott. What's up, Scott? DJ Benny, nice to see you again. Thank you for coming. Ah, I'm very pleased to be here once again in your office. And we tried this last time, but we had some compliance issues. I guess you got slapped on the back of the wrist. So uh, that's okay. That's okay. These things happen. (laughs) No need to blush. It's okay. (laughs) But I know you got to do a a little compliance read before we get started. So why don't you go ahead and do that? I appreciate it, Benny. Uh, This is per compliance. The opinions voiced in this show, program slash podcast, are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through a private advisor group, a registered investment advisor, private advisor group, and SGI Wealth Management, and DJ Benny James are separate entities from LPL Financial. There you go. That wasn't too painful. No, no. And we're also going to put that in the show notes down below so people can read it as well as hear it just to uh, protect you guys twice over. Yes, sir. Thank you. Like I said, thanks for inviting me again. We are in your new office here in Voorhees. You moved from Haddonfield, New Jersey to here. It's only about, what, 15 minutes from where you were originally? Absolutely. Yeah, really, really close. It's really nice here. I like this whole complex and the office is very nice and clean. It's like a dental office. It's so hygienic. Well, it was a thoracic surgeon before I bought this. So we've renovated this medical office to a wealth management firm. Okay. And why did you move here to this office here? During the pandemic, these offices, there's about 50 of them, came on the market. And being that it's a few miles from the house, it just made a lot of sense. So we are thrilled being here. And the conference room space, the private offices, ground floor, garden style, it's been great. So we hope to be here for many years to come. What do you guys actually do here? Because we're going to be talking today about finance, right? I'm so excited to talk about this because this is a subject I'm very uncomfortable talking about. And I like to face my fears. So thank you. Thank you. And I'll explain why I chose you to speak to. But what do you actually provide here? What's what's the services? Yeah, so we are a full service financial planning firm. We basically help folks plan for their retirement financially. We help folks plan for their children's education expenses. We are that chief financial officer of our clients' lives. So they turn to us from everything from, hey, do I lease or buy a car to can I afford that house or how do I get on track so that one day I can hopefully retire at 65 or hey, I want to retire at 55. Is it possible? So we are that full service financial planning firm that folks come to us for that personal service. Right. Okay. 
And like I said, but we're going to get into some music. But before that, the reason why I wanted to speak to you was because we met up in this really, really nice little brewery. We was having a rotary meeting, and we're going to talk about that as well later on. But we started to talk about money, and I'm sure I asked you some of the questions that you get asked all the time. But I felt like you were very grounded. You talked to me in layman's terms, so I could completely understand. And the thing that hit me the most is how ethical you were. You were very, very um, adamant about how you want to treat your customers, because to you, it's about long term and it's about the relationship and the legacy that that you leave and you want to be proud of the work that you're doing and the advice you're giving so can you talk about that a little bit because i think the efficacy is a, a really important thing in this industry right yeah absolutely so we talk to people on their level we have clients that are engineers teachers work for large corporations and it really spans the gamut so we take the view at if i were talking to my folks right if i were talking to my sister we treat everybody with that type of ethical standard right um recommendations you know i was taught early on in my career that when you make recommendations if they took those recommendations and they put that on the front of the Philadelphia Inquirer or the Wall Street Journal. Would you be comfortable with that public opinion? Because that's attached to your name. That's right. So if you would not be comfortable, don't say it. So everything that comes out of our office is that type of standard. It is treat you as if you were family, make sure that it is appropriate recommendation-wise and for the whole world to see because the last thing I want is to lose a client, right? So, you know, clients come to us from other wealth management firms. We provide second opinions. And so the last thing I want to do is lose a client. So that's why best foot forward. Yeah. And also, obviously, you treat people right, give them that wow factor, and they're going to tell somebody else about it, and you get more clients, right? Absolutely. So it's a no-brainer. All right, let's play some music. I know that uh, when I told you I was going to do this podcast, you said, I know you're going to play OJs for the love of money. I know you're going to do that. So of course I'm going to play it. So here we go. Oh, 
what a classic. What a banger. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thank you for pressing play. To all my Love Soul radio listeners, thanks for joining us once again. And if you don't have your app, please go and get it at lovesoulradio.net. You can get the iPhone or the Android app. It's free and most definitely the best way to listen to the radio station. All right, so Mr. Scott, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in this area, New Jersey? So I grew up about an hour from here, down at the shore. Grew up in a town called Linwood, New Jersey, um, just outside of Atlantic City, Ocean City area. Okay. And are you a family man? You got kids? Yeah, got a nice family. You know, I'm, I'm blessed. Okay. And um, like I said earlier on in the show, I met you at an event, a Rotary event. So you're part of Rotary. And for people that are not familiar with that word, what is Rotary and why are you even involved with Rotary? Yeah, so I've been involved in Rotary for about 15 years. When I moved back to this area, the South Jersey area, um, wanted to get involved, walked into a lunch down in Collingswood, New Jersey, was just welcomed with open arms, right? It was like, oh my God, you're new to the area. Oh, wow, you're starting a business. At the time, I was working for a prior firm. And um, we've done a lot of fundraisers over the 15 years. We've given money to uh, high school scholarships, turkey drives to families in need, volunteered our time, met amazing people. There's absolutely been ebbs and flows to our group, but I feel like coming out of the pandemic, we're in a really, really good spot and we're growing our membership. And it's an international organization, right? Yeah. So by mission, Rotary goal is to end polio. It is to do a lot of worldwide service projects. Shelter Box is one of them, which is dropping consumer necessities to communities that are either devastated from a natural disaster or, uh, you know, just really, really good stuff. I mean, Rotary International is just a tremendous, tremendous organization. Yeah, I didn't realize how massive uh, the organization was. And when I met Faye, my wife, uh, I met her actually at a Rotary event as well. But um, why did you choose to get into wealth management even in the first place? Why did you do that? You know, I graduated college back in 2000, uh, came out of college working for a large uh, corporation, IBM. While I was at IBM, I was working in finance, and uh, it kind of just r- ran its course, right? It was a little mundane uh, being in the finance department. So when I met my wife, she said, wow, you're really good with this investing. And she overheard me talk to you know family members. Uh, and she's like, have you considered doing this as a profession? And I said, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I could definitely consider it. So with that kind of push, and that was back in 06, I left IBM on a Friday and started studying for my licenses with my prior firm, became licensed, decided to open up an office in Collingswood, and the rest is history. But what I would say is the reason why I got into this was because I really wanted to help people. Mm. My goal was to be that resource to someone that does not have the finance background or does not like day-to-day activities of managing money. Right. I wanted to take that off of my client's plate. Fast forward, you know, we've got four advisors, including myself. We've got a marketing manager. We've got some admin support. So my career personally has, has blossomed into what you see now. But it all started with the idea of can I help people? Can I take that stress off of people's plate? I think I started DJing for a very similar reason, is I just wanted to make people feel good, man. Music makes people feel good, so it was a no-brainer. 
I know you sent me this little link, which is interesting, and I'll put a link below about common mistakes, the most common mistakes that people make uh, when they're getting into financial investments and wealth management. So can you talk on that a little bit? And we'll, we'll put the link below so people can read it as well. But if you can just uh, highlight some of those for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. So take a look at this because too many people make these mistakes and, and they can be avoided. So impulse investing, right? Avoid investing based on a whim or somebody tells you, an uncle tells you, you know, hey, buy this stock, right? So avoid that impulse investing. Um, right. Turn to professionals, right? That's what we do uh, professionally. Lacking an overall plan, right? You want a strategy. You want an overall plan. That's going to hopefully avoid pitfalls throughout one's investing career. Um, not paying yourself first, right? Saving. You want to save every paycheck or every year you want to save because we all get old, right? Yep, yep. We, we all get old. So paying yourself first is absolutely critical. I've, I've heard that term before, even on some of the big shows like um, Open Winfrey or whatever, because yeah. you've got to pay yourself first. And even if it's just a 10% or something, you've got to put that away somewhere for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Not taking advantage of time. Um, you know, we talk about compounding growth by investing over someone's career that compounds on itself, which has amazing results. So what I would say is definitely look at interest compound growth. Google it on your own time. Not paying attention to risk, right? So it's always that risk return relationship. If something's too good to be true, it may be exactly that. Not diversifying. So owning a balanced portfolio, that's definitely uh, will keep you out of trouble. So you basically don't put all your eggs in one basket. You have diversified. Is that what you said? Exactly. Okay. Yep. This actually comes up once in a while. Your spouse and you, right? You are a team. Yes. It is really important for you to be on the same page, Benny. I, Faye, I hope you're listening to this, <laughs> but if you're not, let's all get on the same page. No, we, we are. Yeah. And um, it's, it's funny because I've met so many couples that they keep their money separate yeah. and they don't decide on big ticket items together. They do yeah. things on their own. And to me, when you start keeping your money separate, there's you're trying to hide something. What are you trying to hide? I think mm -hmm. if you're married, you got a family, you got kids or whatever, your money's going to be your money regardless, right? You're both going to be spending money. So why not put it together? And if you're going to make investments, make those investments together. Yeah. At least be on the same page. I mean, you could have two different investment accounts. Right. Um, you can have two different slush accounts, checking accounts. Right. You know, you want to, you know, go buy Faye a really, really nice present. Hint, hint. Uh, Come on now. You. Come on now. Scott, you're going to get me in trouble here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she may not know. You know, you may not want her to know about it or vice versa. So the pressure. There's nothing wrong with having two different bank accounts, but you just want to have the same goal in mind. Okay. And then the last two, not maximizing your retirement plan, right? If an employer is going to give you free money, you always want to go there first. And then, what, what do you mean by that? Can you yeah. expand on that bit? That sounds interesting. Yeah. So, you know, if you work for a large corporation and you put in, you know, let's say 6% of your of your salary into a retirement account, okay. they might match you 3%. A lot of corporate companies do that, yeah, right? Yeah, corporate companies. So they might give you free money and they might give you 3% of your salary into that account. That's free money. That's free money. So if they offer up to 6%, you want to do that full 6% because they're going to match that. And they'll give you 50 that. cents on the, on the dollar. They'll right. give you 3%. If that 
that's what they do. Right? Got it. Okay. So you always want to take advantage of that. Okay. And then you know, cashing out or borrowing from your four hundred one k. You know, financial emergencies. There's nothing you can do about that. But really, you want to try to keep that money invested in that account. Okay. Um, Give us one more. One more. And then yeah. We're one go more. To some you music. got it. You got it. So the other one I would say is if you have a balanced portfolio, high quality portfolio, well diversified, you don't have to look at it daily. In fact. I would steer you away from looking at it, Dale. Really? Absolutely. Okay. You want to look at it once in a while. Right. You know, um, you know, once a quarter is fine, a few times a year, fine. But if you have a good portfolio, there's no reason why. And, you know, the past few months is a good example. The Ukraine-Russian conflict, right? It was moving markets quite a lot. Again, if you have a quality portfolio, you have a good professional behind you, yeah. or you are savvy and you can do it yourself, no reason to look at it daily. But you want to monitoring them, very important. Okay. All right, we're going to go to some music. Uh, a little bit later, we're going to come back to the Ukraine thing because I think it's affecting the world right now. So it's very relevant. But let's play this one by Barrett Strong. It's called Money. That's what I want. What a great song. And Scott's over here singing the words to this one. You know this one, right? It's a good one. It's a good one. (laughs) So what's the one question you get asked the most as a financial advisor and wealth advisor? Oh, man, Benny. Oh, jeez, that's a tough one. (laughs) Um, 
people turn on the news, right, and, and they look at, you know, what's going on in the market and the economy and geopolitical issues, right, like we're going through right now. Yeah. And people go, how do you do it? Like, how do you deal with the ups and the downs? Like, how do you do it? Um, and, and, and my response typically is basically what I've already said here, which is we manage money in a balanced fashion. We look at risk tolerance. Really, that's what we do. So... Do I get upset when the market goes down or the market goes up? No. You know, we take that with a grain of salt. What we do is proactively talk to our clients and get back to our clients. But the question of how do you deal with the ups and the downs and the responses, you know, we've been doing it for 15 years and my advisors that work with me, you know, we're all the same, right? Right. So that that's the question that we get asked the most. Okay. How did the COVID thing affect the whole financial industry here? Yeah, so... Oh, we're around the world, actually. Right? Absolutely. So, you know, from a firm standpoint, we didn't fight it. We rolled with it. But people, yes. I'm sure they were very scared about oh, what's yeah. going to happen. So did you see, like, massive movements in the market? Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of movements. March 2020 was, uh, was a scary time. Big companies started to pull their guidance, right? So companies, publicly held companies, they, they provide guidance on what they're going to earn for the year. They removed it. Mr. Market does not like uncertainty. I think everybody knows that. Right. Um, so when companies start pulling guidance, that really puts jitters through the market. So yeah, we were we were seeing large fluctuations. Um, how did we handle it? Like we've handled the last crisis. Right. You know, the crisis before that, right? Right. Um, unfortunately, there's always things that provide jitters to the market. And um, we did not handle it any differently than uh, prior downturns, let's call it. Right. And I'm sure we're having one of those right now because of what's happening in Ukraine. What do you see was happening in the markets? And um... the Ukraine-Russian conflict, war, what have you, terrible. I mean, the people in Ukraine, absolutely, absolutely terrible to, you know, the pictures are just, you know. Oh, it's horrifying. Horrifying, right? Yeah. You know, mom and, and kids, you know, get on a train, leaving uh, their spouse behind to fight. I mean, like, is this 2022 or is this 1948? It's insanity. Um, you know, how have we managed it? You know, we've been sending our clients emails, getting them up to speed on things or talking to them when, when calls come in. We've been talking to our clients. But if you look back at prior conflicts, you know, Mr. Market, after, you know, six months, a year later... Yeah tends to rebound. There's no guarantees. Right. But um, that's what we've seen. So again, you know, your question about the pandemic, how do we manage it? Same story, right? It's right. And, and like you say, balance. I think it goes, also goes back to the uh, diversity of your portfolio. If you have a healthy portfolio, no that's matter right. what's happening in the world, right. you know, there's obviously going to peaks and flows in different areas. That's but right. if you've diversified, then it's not going to affect everything that you have. That's right. Okay. All right. We'll get to another song and then I want to come back and I want to talk a little bit about uh, credit scores because that's kind of an important thing for a lot of people out there. So let's play this track here. It's by the Fatback Band and it's called Money.
The female voice in that sounded like Shaka Khan. I'm going to have to do some research and find out if that was Shaka. So thanks for Scott for joining me once again, man. Hopefully enjoying yourself here. You're having too much fun. Oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> thanks for doing this. So I asked you a question uh, about credit score. Um, why is it important and how does it help like in your financial decisions or... The earlier you understand credit score and, and credit overall, the better off you'll be, 100%. So just think of credit as, you know, whoever is lending you money, they're a report card on you. So if you are lent money through a credit card or an auto loan or a house or a personal loan or even the person down the street that lends you some money, right? Right. You got to pay back the money. You got to pay back the money when the money is due. So whether it's monthly payments or it's due in a certain amount of time, um, you have to stick to those guidelines or else your credit score will get dinged. Right. So if you have a low credit score, 
if you want to get a house, if you want to buy a car, whatever, your interest is going to be really high. Exactly. And if your credit score is really good, yeah, then you'll have really low interest. That's right. Right? That's right. And um, More money in your pocket, Benny. More money in your pocket, which yeah. is a good thing. Yes, so can you start as young as possible then? Yeah, get a credit card You know, under parent supervision. Make sure it's controlled. Make sure you can pay it. And then slowly build your credit because you'll need it. I don't know too many people at 25 years old that has you know $400,000 to go out of house, right? right? You need to take a loan. Right. And that loan comes from a bank. And when you do, you want the lowest interest rate, more money in your pocket, right. and that all comes with a high, high credit score. Okay. Well, you heard it here, guys. It's important. And I know that for myself, I went through a whole credit issue during COVID. Obviously, it affected a lot of people. I was living oh, yeah. on credit cards for a while, and it just went crazy. So trying to get my credit score back up again. But um, one quick question for you. 401ks, IRAs, a lot of people like myself, I moved from the UK to the US. I didn't really understand what that is. Can you give us just a quick understanding of that? Sure. So 401k is at least initially tied to an employer. So if you work at a company and they offer this type of an account, the money goes in before tax or after tax if it's a Roth 401k, right? You pick investments, the company might do a match like we talked about before. So 401ks typically are tied to an employer. Now, when you leave the employer, then you have some choices. You can leave it there. You can move it to an IRA. You know, you've got some choices there. Okay. An IRA is just an individual retirement account, right? So it's only one person on that account. And so individuals can have IRAs. They can open them up at the bank. They can open up with our firm. They can open up really anywhere that offers IRAs. Okay. As my podcast is international, I have listeners from all different countries. I feel very honored by that. Is there is there opportunities for, um, some of these might seem like silly questions to you, but from, from my audience, maybe they don't know these answers, right? So for people abroad, can they invest in U.S. companies and can U.S. Uh, citizens invest in foreign companies without any major issues? So I can't really talk to the fact of international investing in our markets. Okay. Um, don't really know that side of the equation. But I do know on our side, you know, if you're a resident of the United States and you want to invest in international companies, you can absolutely do that. You can do that through different vehicles, whether it's a mutual fund or you could potentially buy an individual stock based in a international market. Um, those are called ADRs, American Depository Receipts. Okay. Um, so, you know, absolutely it's possible. I would say consult with your professional on that, but it is absolutely possible to invest international right. okay. stocks in our market. And without getting into trouble by compliance, is there any like major red flags that people should watch out for when investing abroad? So you just want to do your due diligence. You just want to do your homework. You want to be comfortable uh goes for all investing, right. uh, whether it's companies or mutual funds or any other type of investment. What I would say is if you're not comfortable, that's a reason to do more homework or don't do it. But you really comfort level is really where you want to be. If you're comfortable, absolutely. If you're not, I would say seek professional advice. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to play uh, another track here called Cash in Your Face by Stevie Wonder. I never heard this before until I started researching uh, money songs. So here you go. Some Cash in Your Face. Good. Not no. 
The legendary, the one and only Stevie Wonder. Thanks again for joining us on the show all about money. And we got an important question, a fun question for Mr. Scott. So Scott, if you was to give yourself some advice 30 years ago regarding money, what would you advise yourself? I'd say start early. Or earlier the better. 20 years old, talk to your parents, if the young listeners, start getting comfortable, ask questions. I wished I asked more questions when I was little. I wish I I wish I started earlier because like we said earlier in the uh, interview, that compound interest really really does magic. Right. Um, it really makes it exponential. So, um I would say I wish I started earlier and getting more comfortable and asking questions and reading more, right? There's so much information out there nowadays. Absolutely. So relationship with money is is an important thing, right? I know a lot of people, they're not where they want to be. They're uncomfortable. They just don't have a good relationship with money. Is there anything else that you give advice to people about? 
So I, I love that, you know, the question revolves around psychology because psychology yeah. and money s- starts there, right? It's foundation. It's how do you feel about the money you make and then the money you spend, right? And, and that relationship. The more comfortable you are, the more in control you are with your expenses, the better you sleep. Yeah. The better you sleep. If you know you're putting money away, if you know that, you know, you're making good income and, you know, you're doing all the right things, you'll feel better. So it's that relationship. It's not the, hey, the latest, greatest came out. I want that, right? It's not that that need. It's not the outwardly stuff. It's the inward feeling of of how comfortable you are. Exactly, right? right? So, you know, if you know you're not paying all this interest, this credit card debt, if you know that you've got money in the bank, if you know that financially, if, if things went awry tomorrow, right, you would be okay, right? You have a, a, a backstop. You have some availability to, to get you through the next month or two. Right. It feels better. It's all psychology about that. Investments are important, but really the, the relationship with money, and there's probably books out there about the relationship about money. Yeah. Uh, my brother's um, a contractor in Australia. So sometimes when he has work, he's earning, oh, he's earning great money. And then sometimes he's, he's not working for long periods. So he said he had to really learn to kind of manage his money. And it's hard because when you've got money in the bank, it's hard just not to spend it. But he's like, you know, you had to learn to kind of just leave that alone because I don't know if I'm going to be having work again soon or not. And I've heard this little rule. I don't know if it's true, but um, a family should have at minimum six months worth in the bank for mortgages, for bills, for food, everything, just as a general rule for a general family. Um, so there's a little bit of a safety net there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so my two thoughts there is, you know, that feast or famine that you just described about your uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. No, it's my brother. Oh, yeah, your, bro- your brother. Yeah. So the feast or famine is just not a good way to live. Um, you know, uh, normalizing that out, right? Almost treating yourself as if you were a corporation, you know. And, and I would, I would stress to, to folks that are listening, you know, treat yourself like a company, right? Do a right. balance sheet. You know, look at yourself as if you were a company. Companies have to report balance sheets, assets, liabilities, and equity, right? Um, Do a cash flow analysis on yourself. That's eye-opening. It begins that relationship, that healthy relationship with money. Um, I would definitely say, listeners out there, if you can start there, you'll be better off tomorrow. Right. Okay. And uh, I'm not a financial advisor, but um, and I don't even need to do a disclaimer. But my general, my general uh, rule of thumb: live within your means, not beyond your means. Pretty simple. Absolutely. Pretty simple. Yeah. All right. We'll play a couple more tracks, and then we're gonna ask you a couple more questions, and then we're out of here. All right. I like this one actually. It's called Rich Girl Lake Street Dive, and this is a remake. You're a rich girl. I love it. And you're going too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man, honey It's a bitch, girl And you gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Send money, but it won't get you too far Get you too far Strong. Oh, you're a rich girl, and you're gone too far, cause you know it don't matter 
I definitely like that version. You like that one, Scott? I do like that. I think it was, was it originally by uh, Hall and Oates? I think so. I, th- I think so. I want to say it was Hall and Oates. Hopefully I'm not wrong. I just want to dance when I hear that song. <laughs> it's just fantastic. So a couple more questions and then we're out of here. So what motivates you when you get up in the morning, come in doing this every single day? What motivates you? Yes, yeah, so we've got clients that depend on us, right? So what motivates us is, you know, to be that, financial resource for them so we watch the markets we respond to emails respond to phone calls we meet with clients in the office we meet with clients webex so what motivates us is uh really being that value add to our clients it's it's great it must it must be rewarding when you give so rewarding when you give people advice and, and that advice really really works for them it must make you feel good Yeah, you know, it's like that give-receive relationship, right? So receiving that kind of response, that drives us every day, Benny. Okay. If people do want to get some personal advice from you, what's the best place they can go? They go to your website, they give you a call, or what's the best place? Yeah, best place, I would say, you know, hop on our website. Um, There's a lot of good articles and actually some good planning tools on our website, Okay. uh, which is www.sgiwealth.com. And shoot us an email. There's a contact section, and you have questions, you know, ask in there, and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to, you know, to help. Right, okay. Well, we're going to put that link below as well. But what I will say in, in advance, if anybody does contact you, like I said before, as I felt like when I talked to you, it was very much in layman's terms. Like you say, you talk to people at their level and um, you're very passionate about what you do. It's obvious. It's really clear. You're so passionate about what you do. And the ethical point as well was really, really important to me. And that, that's why I thought it was important to talk to you today. So I appreciate your time, brother. I really do. Thank you for sharing a little bit of insight with us. And uh, we bid uh, Scott... Farewell, and thank you so much for joining us once again. Say hi to your family. Stay safe. Stay well. And Allah, I'm going to play one more by Pink Floyd, actually. I've never played a, a track by Pink Floyd, but I'm going to dedicate this one to my dad. It's called Money, appropriately. See you later, guys. Take care. God bless. Allah. Allah.